Welcome to Geek Salad Classic. I am your host, Jay LaRock. This podcast is powered by ObsoleteGamer.com and the Mascot Studios Podcast Network. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Here on Geek Salad Classic Series, we feature interviews with developers, programmers, and gaming experts on the subjects they know best. Now, as you will see, some of the questions and answers are dated because maybe the game was in pre-release and sometimes it was even at the beginning of its crowdfunding stage. But we still think the discussion was fun and informative and it'll be something you like. And I hope you will. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, everybody. Now, a lot of people have played FPS games, action games, war games, and a lot of people, especially back in the days, have talked about you know uh, Vietnam. Like that was one of the things is they were always saying, "Oh man, I'm tired of fighting in Vietnam." And then of course you got like World War II, then you got Future Warfare. I personally always talked about, man, wouldn't it be great to go back in the day and fight a lot of historical battles? And now you have a chance to play a game like that, but not just one that just throws anything together, one that really goes deep into it and goes and makes it historically accurate and puts real, real emphasis on the types of uh, battles that go back, uh, that happened back in that day. And today we're talking about the Kickstarter that I hope you guys will be able to check out and, and fun. And it's called War Rights. And we're here with uh, Emil Alexander Hansen. Thanks for coming on and talking with us today. Yeah, you're welcome. And we're also talking with a historian, George. I didn't get your last name. Uh, actually, my real name is Clark Morningstar. George Creasy is my uh, Steam name. Ah, okay, awesome. All right, so I checked out the the Kickstarter and just give us a little bit general overview of a War of Rights. Well, it's a first-person shooter being uh, developed in crime, and uh, as you know, back in the day. Uh, in the 1860s, uh, you only had those uh, rifles with one shot uh, in them, so you had to reload after every 20 seconds. Um, so I think that's going to make War Fights a game that's quite different from any other game out there. Um, and we do, of course, also, because of that, you have to rely a lot more on your teammates. So um, uh, we do plan on adding a lot of uh, mechanics to help people organize themselves when they're playing. So it's yeah. not just sort of lone wolves uh, running around all by themselves. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because if you just think about warfare in itself, because if anyone knows ab about you know the fighting back then, especially Civil War and, and actors, I mean, people a lot of people automatically think of like the lineup fighting, but you know that was usually in in the beginning. Once things broke apart, it was very important for the generals to keep command of the men. So I mean, it's. You know, you know, once that broke apart, some of the people were, you know, you really had to have that teamwork that could keep things together or else it's just chaos. So it's not like Call of Duty where everyone is just, you know, Rambo running around thinking, hey, I'm going to headshot this, headshot that. Like you said, teamwork is really important because it's, it's one shot. You don't have just unlimited clip. So can you tell us a little bit more about that teamwork a aspect? Um. Yeah, you do, also, of course, only have one bullet, so um, it is very important to stick together with your teammates. And we, uh, as you saw in the video, in the Kickstarter video, which is probably going to be playing right now, um, the officer who's commanding the man will be able to place uh, sort of icons on the map. Uh, so uh, when people want to form a line, for example, they don't have to sort of communicate that much to do it. Uh, they'll come up a little hard 
icon on the on the ground where people can see where they are as opposed to standing. And as far as making sure you know the history is correct, you know, can you tell me a little bit about that aspect because that that's the thing that's really important too. When when you're playing games that has to do with war, whether it's World War II, Vietnam, you know, people nowadays they don't just want you know, you just get on there and you start shooting, especially when you're talking about, you know, history. Regardless of whatever side you pick, history is important to people. I know that people that play like um, even, uh, you know, World of Tanks, you know, they care about the sound, they care about the decals, they care about exactly how it's done. So can you tell me about the details that go into that, making sure, you know, where the battles are fought, the uniforms, the guns, everything like that? Yeah, we do, of course spend a lot of time on uh, yeah, making sure the details are great and really spending a lot of hours researching the different maps and that's also where uh, Clark Morningstar historical advice is a very important part. Yeah, I suppose I might uh, jump in on this question here. Uh, yes, the historical authenticity is incredibly important to campfire games and we make sure that every single tiny bit of the battlefield is incredibly researched down to uh, even such as the uh, lovely rain spouts that are on some of the buildings. We made sure to look into what the history of that was and uh, what they looked like during the time. And the same thing goes for the uniforms and the weapons, including what units got what weapons. So what uh, uh, lovely Emil here was mentioning was that you have one shot to work with, and that's what the majority of infantry had, but you also had... Uh, things like the 1859 Sharps that could get you seven shots a minute instead of just three, like with the infantry rifles. So that was a nice little added benefit that was available during the Antietam campaign and is going to be available in the game as well to those that are able to use it. And as far as the, the chain of command system, because like you said, the, the team play is very important. So I was reading here about um, how you have the relation between the officer and the regiment. Can you tell me a little more about how that works? Um, yeah, it uh, is, of course, uh, a normal shooter. Every single player he can go where he wants to. Uh, there's no sort of uh, limits, so he, the players doesn't have to follow the orders of the officer. Um, but uh, it will probably, in the end, uh, I mean, sticking together as a unit and you only have one shot, you'll probably have a much better chance of surviving if you stick together as a unit and have a lot more firepower that way. Um, and we do, of course, also at a later stage plan on adding generals, so there will be a much more uh, sort of fully flexed uh, command system. Um, so it's, it'll be like the general, he gives an order to the officer, and the, the officer is then supposed to uh, follow that order as much as he can. Um, and um, the reason why we do have a general is because the officer out in the field, they, they won't have as much intelligence on what's going on as uh, the general will have. He'll have sort of, uh, he'll get some info about what's going on and can then give some proper orders uh, based on that information. And again, the officers following the, uh, the uh, orders of the general, it's up to them to decide do they want to follow it or do they want to do something else. So overall, is the goal to be able to create as, as many as, of the different battles as possible, or is it more to like focus on specific battles? Uh, second. 
Are you looking to focus on more specific battles, or is it to expand as as much as you can as far as the as the Kickstarter grows, uh, as far as the battles that will be fought? Uh, we do plan on including other maps in the future, and we will sort of have a little bit of both, I guess, uh, with our skirmishes, which is sort of more uh, condensed form of uh, thing compared to our historical battles, which will be much larger. Was it like going into like looking uh, uh, for the history? I mean, obviously, there's documentaries and things like that that you can uh, look up, and and there's footage that you can go go after. But overall, what was it like going to get the historical references and history so that you can make this as authentic as possible. I suppose I'll go ahead and hit that one as well. The historical research that goes into this is very thorough and I'm actually have once before been uh, corrected on something that I actually did get wrong in terms of uh, Native American or Amerindian, I perhaps should say, uh, involvement during the Antietam campaign. So it's very nice to have a nice little whole community full of people that might be fact-checking on me, but beyond that little fun conundrum there, the historical research that I have done is actually years in the making, not just with my work with War of Rights, but I personally have been a reenactor of the American Civil War for over nine years and have been having an incredible time doing that and learning about the American Civil War and everything that goes into it, including the uniforms, weapons, and even things down to uh, the etiquette of the period. So. It's <laughs> it's both a mixture of online research, a whole bookshelf here, absolutely chock full of various Civil War books and videos and things like that, and a combination of all that that has led into the research that has gone into War of Rights. So you guys still have a little over three weeks to go. There's good supports. Uh, obviously, we want to see you guys get more support, get funded, and everything. But so far, um, how how would you say the reception has gone? The interaction with fans uh, for for the game that you guys are promoting. Um, I, I would say it's gone sort of pretty well. But it's as a developer and sort of owning the project, it's of course very very exciting, and I'm really looking forward to where at sort of like. 75% complete with plenty of days to spare, so we can sort of relax a little bit more about that. So it is definitely quite tense to follow the progress. But overall, you'd say that, you know, like a game like this is, is something that I'm sure that people might be kind of skeptical because, you know, I know that in the day of Call of Duty, people are like, oh, I want to shoot fast, but there's got to be there's there's definitely those people out there that would appreciate this kind of, of a game where especially uh, one that's taking the time to make sure that's accurate and then it's just something that you know you don't see all the time that you take this time to hit this period and then you go for the accuracy and it's just something that you haven't seen before right yeah yeah I think there's uh, a lot of people who may think that uh, one shot at, uh, yeah after every 20 seconds that sounds incredibly boring but I think people really have to sort of experience it, the tension that can be when you're reloading your weapon. And as we try to sort of show in the video, having somebody charge at you with the bayonet. And uh, it, when people haven't really been playing a lot of games like that, it's, it may be a little bit hard to imagine. So uh, the tension that can arise from that. What about working with the CryEngine? I mean, it looks from what I've seen, it's, it looks really great. How's, how is that working with that? That's great. I like it. I mean, um, 
some people say that it's quite difficult to get into, and that may be true, but after having worked with it for a long time, it's uh, you don't really think about it. To me, all the tools are perfectly fine. And there's, of course, also the graphics, uh, where it offers a lot of uh, quite cool features. I have a question a little bit side. At, at doing the Civil War reenactives, uh, reenacted, what would you say is one of the funnest parts? Because I know, like, you know, people make fun of LARPs, people make fun of that. I think it's awesome. I've never done one, but I've been uh, to some and I've watched it. And I mean, it looks awesome. I mean, when you're into something like that and you see it done well, I, I think it's great. So, I mean, as someone that's done it, um, what would you say is just you know one of the best aspects of getting together with people and actually doing it and and taking it seriously? Because I mean I'm serious. I'm not bullshitting. I think it's awesome right. to see people do something like that. Well, I have to say that in reality we are basically grown-ups playing pretend, and with that we also get the big booms too. So that's always fun. Uh, but it personally it has been a hobby that I have had absolutely no regrets getting into uh, despite sometimes the price tag that might be associated with it. It has been an incredible experience and one that I would certainly hope that many people might uh, be wanting to get familiar with and wanting to get into as well and I would definitely suggest it. Uh, you get to camp out, you get to have an incredible camaraderie with your fellow reenactors in your club or in your group and it becomes a lifelong experience that is irreplaceable. That's cool. Would you say that a game like this, you know, if you get to do everything uh, that you want to do with the funding and you put everything together, would you say that people, I mean, obviously it could be a different set because obviously you can get older folks who may not be in the games, but do you think that maybe some people may be able to even get something out of this? That do those reacting? Reenactments, right? It's uh, it's definitely the next best thing if uh, we can get everything that we're hoping to get inside. Cool, cool. All right. So uh, overall, I mean, you have a lot of information on on the website uh, for the Kickstarter, and 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 I think that also with the videos and everything, I think you put together a good uh, Kickstarter package. I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people who do Kickstarters talk about, like putting together a full package to make sure that people get the information, including the rewards that you're given. All that's really cool, and of course, the concept overall I think is awesome. Um, is there anything that you would say that maybe that hasn't been there, or maybe something that I missed, I didn't ask, that you'd like to, to tell people about the game? Mm, not really. Well, then <laughs> take out our Kickstarter and do a pledge. <laughs> awesome. See, that, that means I did my job, Will. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So the game is War Rights. You guys should go check this out. You know, it's about about three weeks to go. You know, still needs funding. And, you know, like I said, these are one of those games because... I've said this before, there's always people who are always talking about, why can't I see different games? Why can't I see this? Why can't I see that? These are one of those great games out there that people are making that is different. Especially you FPS fans, it's always complaining, saying how you hate Call of Duty, you hate Battlefield, you want something different. This is awesome, and I think that doing a Civil War type game in this style is great, you know, and it looks really good, and I want to keep up on it. I hope you guys, uh, when you have more updates, I'm going to put more information on the website. So I hope you guys will go out there and help fund this kick, uh, Kickstarter and get it funded. Uh, thanks, guys, for coming on and talking with us about the game.
Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day. It was a pleasure.